Hello and welcome to uh, this Monday podcast. I was wondering what topic to um, cover next really for Monday edition but sometimes um, topics just kind of fall in front of you and uh, um, actually there's two this week but the one of the first that cropped up was the shortage of CO2 and how that will impact on our um, food supplies Um, and I'll come back to that later on in the podcast but so one of the issues that I sort of wanted to explore more in depth is the issue of or the topic of food security Um, what is food security what do we mean by food security well it's the availability of food the accessibility of it and the affordability to everybody and in a in a first world country it doesn't you know we don't really see the magnitude of food security um unless something happens uh, like you know a pandemic or the shortage of lorries drivers or the shortage of co2 you know and many things could affect food security you know drought disease pestilence um war all that kind of thing it's um it's, it is an important topic and i think a lot of times you know well most times people it's not one that really enters anybody's uh, conversation pieces really it's a uh, it's something we just you know it's there we go to the supermarket the food's there we don't really think a lot about it here so um, you know we're lucky in that sense but it is important um to acknowledge that uh that can all easily or quite quickly uh, disintegrate that you know we've seen it we've seen the shortages on the shelves albeit because it's a um, through logistics but we have seen how it can very quickly impact uh, everybody one way or another um, so food security is important it's important for productivity levels it provides opportunities therefore it provides an income and uh, really, I suppose, from my point of view, it enhances um, rural life because a lot of our food that we, is grown in this country is grown rurally and um, it aids uh, community development in that way. But we, I, see, we, we, I think, my opinion is we're kind of losing touch with all of that and we rely, and, and I'll talk about I'll talk about it as as a country. We rely more and more on imports, which um, I feel is quite a scary, a scary thing because it will, if anything massive did happen, it lead us leave us wide open, um, and we would then be facing um, enormous challenges in order to to feed the country. So, for me, food security needs to come from within you know it needs to come from within the country as much as possible and they say that we can't feed you know we can't grow enough to feed the whole country but actually we do have enough room to do that um so the leading people say that there is 
you know, the leading people who acknowledge that there is enough land and space and experience and, you know, to, do, to be able to grow enough food in order to feed the country. I'm not suggesting that that, that should be our mandate, not for one minute, but I do think that we are really overlooking the magnitude of what could happen um, if any one of those things struck. Uh, I think we'd be up shit creek without a paddle, to be fair. So how do we help with food security? And I know that, you know, I'm not going to talk about globally um, because... uh, you know, there, there are issues, massive issues there. Um, and as always, I, I'm just going to talk about us as individuals, really, and what we can do. Because, again, I think that if many individuals do do it, it makes a bigger impact. So, I can, and I can only talk from my point of view. But, um, you know, they're, they're, again... And and these are nearly all things that I've touched on before. Education, educating people is key. Educating people in what they are buying, what they are eating, um, where it's come from. All of those things, that's got to be one of the biggest ways that we can improve uh, our food security. Training, again, training people to you know in all different areas there's been a it seems that that the sector of food growing food is sort of left behind in in the wake of um you know accounting or banking or stocks and shares or celebrities anything that makes you know footballers anything that makes a massive amount of money uh but as we've seen a lot of those um, jobs, they're not they're not necessary when it when push comes to shove. You know they can be sidelined um, when push comes to shove. On a on a on, a, on the whole, I mean some's obviously necessary, but <clears throat> a lot when you think about it, a lot of those high paid um, careers and jobs that everybody is always seems to be focused on um fall by the wayside when when the chips are down you know really they really are um yeah growing practices need to change and they slowly are but they need to change massively right across the board in the way we look at how we grow things um i think personally we need to grow them on a smaller scale rather than massive, big monoculture farms. That's my personal opinion. Again, um, along with training, you need to invest in, in people's skills. There's a lot of people out there with a lot of skills that are not even, you know, they're not even in the sight of any of these um, these systems that need, to, that need to fall into place. They're just, they're just, by the way, so that you know, just for instance, uh, I mean the the amount of skill that a I don't know sixty year old chap has got that's been working on his allotment for so many years uh, is um, 
is massive. There's a massive amount of skill there, never been tapped into ever. So, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. We need more efficient food chains um, and with the more efficient food chains and shorter supply chain as well. And even you, you can do that. Um, you, as an individual person, you can shorten your supply chain. Uh, so things like field to fork are taking off you know and I, I sometimes I object to these things getting buzzwords you know becoming buzzwords and having you know a niche market but actually they they do push the topics to the forefront when it when that's done you know when you when you get a buzzword that everybody suddenly is banding around it, it can it does help it definitely does help uh we can reduce waste we can you know cooking lessons i mean i remember when i was at school we had cooking lessons um and it was very sexist we had cooking lessons the boys had woodwork and metalwork lessons but um you know cooking okay well you know we all eat and yet it's not it's not on the on the syllabus it, it, which it seems crazy you know absolutely crazy same with you know our food and you know, everything vitamins minerals soil that it is <laughs> is the lifeblood of us and yet we you know so many people have no idea whatsoever um about any of it perennial crops crops perennial crops really ought to come more to the forefront the these days um a perennial crop obviously is a crop that will just come back year in year out without uh without you having to do very much for instance rhubarb rhubarb is a perennial crop you know you, you harvest it all sort of early well late spring early summer uh you give it a load of muck to feed it again uh it dies back for the winter it comes back next spring you know as strong just as strong and it's uh you know, there's not a lot of things that can kill off rhubarb, so it's pretty good perennial. So we, we don't all want to eat rhubarb for the rest of our lives and nothing else. But, you know, it, it's one of the perennial crops that we... Um, that is the type of crop we should be looking at more and more. Uh, so, consequently, you, as, a, as an individual... And I always <clears throat> would go back to being... To what you can do as an individual, because I always think it it's a grassroots movement... The big companies are never going to move in this direction because they are all about making money, you know, mostly. Um, they're about their profits, their income and their profit and loss. and uh, So far from, removed from what I think it should be that it, it's lost. It's lost in, in the system. But as a, you know, as an individual, you can make you can become more resilient to supply failures just by diversifying your supplier <laughs> which sounds as though you know you are a big company it's not you you instead of buying all of your groceries in one supermarket uh which then if you take it like that has a logistical crash somewhere along the end because the actual food ch food chain supply is quite fragile and it only takes one element of that to go down when and suddenly 
there's a big problem. But as you, as an individual, you, you know, you go and buy your eggs from the local farm shop. Uh, you go to your local small bakery and buy your bread, you know. And most times these artisan bakeries, they are buying their flour milled directly from you know that comes directly from a local mill and that local mill has got it from a local farmer so you see you are you know your supply chain is shortened <clears throat> and it's much more resilient because chances are your the local farmer is still going to supply the mill the mill is still going to mill that flour and supply that baker and that baker is still going to bake you bread. Whereas if you are relying on it from a, you know, a supermarket chain and the lorry breaks down, simple as that, you know, the big, that supply lorry for that day, there's no bread. Um, it, you know, we need really, we do need to get back to uh, the older ways of, of buying your stuff, buying our stuff locally, made by local people, with local locally sourced ingredients that gives us food security you might listen to that last section and think yeah well that's all very well because uh, but what if you're on a budget um, that that kind of food buying that sort of food from producers like that is more expensive um, and yes it is and I'm gonna just go on there are two prongs to that particular fork um, one is that the people that are, are trying to provide uh, a decent homegrown top quality product are having to push they have to raise their game and they have to push really hard in order to breakthrough into the food sector that's the first thing the second thing is that we have forgotten uh, actually the cost of food because we are so used to having cheap food on the shelves that we've forgotten the true cost of it to be fair um, and we can we can cook less we can use less we can eat less but better quality we don't you know we all this you know let's go on about the the massive array that is available um it's just totally unnecessary and i you know i sometimes wonder who on earth buys all this food you know all these different products well all different labels of the same product uh, in, in the shops is just confounding sometimes um, and again a lot of that goes back to um, education and cookery because I also think that we have forgotten how to cook the cheaper cuts of meat we have forgotten how to cook with, if you're not a meat eater we have forgotten how to cook with dried goods uh, you know beans and peas and lentils and things that are a lot cheaper they're drier but people just don't know how to cook with them anymore you know that again comes back to education and cookery and things like that yeah it is it is more expensive uh on the surface 
but actually our food costs quite a bit to produce except the supermarkets they will take the hit on a lot of the products because they get it back on different products so they can you know because they're selling such a lot a big range of products they can take the hits on some products and they can whack it up on other products that they are selling because people quite happily pay uh, you know a lot of money more money than it is actually worth um for other products so yeah it, it i get that it is uh it would seem on the surface of it that it's expensive way to uh, shop for our food but actually um, it's a better quality food less wastage uh, it, it keeps you fuller longer it's more nutritious uh, you end up you know you get more energy from that um, rather than this other plastic food as I would <laughs> plastic and um, processed food that is cheap and uh, nasty and it's not doing us any good whatsoever nutritionally really on the whole so yeah i do get it but i, I you know i'd go back my mum used to work on a budget when we were kids at home and she would cook with a lot of dried goods a lot of dried beans and pulses and things like that and cheaper cuts of meat so i you know i i remember when we were kids and actually the cheaper cuts of meat they taste great you know some of them taste really great i i was watching a lady doing some shopping the other week and i figured that she must be on a budget but she was definitely going for you know the cheaper cuts of but good cheap cuts i mean they're not they're not cheap cuts because they're cheap meat they're cheap cuts because nobody buys them anymore really and so they're just shelf fillers um and you know, and I thought you know, she was definitely, you know, you're walking around and she was definitely looking at the um, cheaper end of good quality food. If that, if that makes sense, because they're, they're still quality food. I mean, there's still things like, yeah, if, if you are a meat eater, there are things like liver and kidneys and tongue and brisket and things that we, that people just don't really eat anymore. But they are good quality they're very nutritious um and but they are a lot cheaper and so you can easily feed a family uh on on still on good quality products um but yeah it is a it, it is more expensive uh really but at what cost you know what cost do we put on our health and our food security? So I'll go back to the um, initial uh, comment about CO2 um, and the shortage. It's not, a, it's not a shortage that has suddenly uh, come about. It's, um, they've known about it for a good few years, um, right across the board. It's not... It's not peculiar to the UK it's um it's everywhere and uh so what do they use CO2 for in the in the food industry well they use it um obviously it goes into fizzy things so um beer and lager and cider and fizzy drinks and things and I'm quite partial to a fizzy can of 
Coke, Diet Coke, but, um, you know, if push comes to shove, I would do without it. It's not a problem. But uh, And then CO2 is obviously used to keep things fresh um, while they're in transit and on the shelves. And then also CO2 is used uh, for humane slaughter. So they use, um, they stun animals before they are then slaughtered. And uh, usually it's the, 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 the stunner is uh, gas propelled, which is CO2. So that's why um, it's going to affect the food industry. So, um, but if you... Generally speaking, a bite. I mean, I, I don't know. Apart from a can of Coke, I don't really know what else I buy that has CO that uses CO two because uh, I don't have a lot of packaged stuff. But I'm, I'm guess there's a lot of people who do, and so they would find that those those things weren't available for them anymore. But obviously, if you're buying fresh vegetables, uh, they don't have CO two. Um, if you're buying your meat from the butcher or the farm shop, or they probably they're not going to use CO two, um, uh, except for obviously the animals that have to be slaughtered in the first place. Uh, which uh, this is going to be a uh, this would be a, a touchy topic for some people because I know you know there's plenty of people who don't eat meat, but for those that don't know about how animals are slaughtered they are uh, stunned using a gas gun to start with and then they're and then they're slaughtered but obviously you have halal meat as well which doesn't use a stun gun so that they um are slaughtered without that so you will still be able to get meat it, but it will be halal but and halal basically is just meat that we years and years and years ago that's how all uh, animals were slaughtered there was no stun gun first so it's nothing new it's not new um you know if you run out of co2 you'd have to revert back to that i guess uh so that that's one thing um yeah so buying fresh local produce you're probably not going to come into a lot of uh contact with co2 packaged products they're nearly all uh, things that need a good shelf life in the supermarkets so it's another another good reason to uh, change where you shop really and uh, try something different but um yeah I don't know I, I don't know the ins and outs of the shortage I don't know why there's a shortage I don't know how you know where it comes from obviously I know we sort of um breathe it out but I don't know <laughs> anything about that I'm not a scientist I have no idea what they do and how they get it or whatever but um it's uh it's something that the industry is going to have to look at and uh sort out I guess eventually one way or another I thought I'd better look up how um, CO2 is made because it's probably elementary science, but it's a long time ago since I was in the in a chemistry lab. Um, and obviously it's like it's carbon and then some and then an acid is added and it, and it creates a, an oxygen. I think that's the basics of it. But so um, I, I don't, again, I don't know what the what the uh, 
the reason for the lack of supply is I don't know whether they can't make it enough fast enough I don't know whether they are running out of some some of the basic uh, things they need I, I have no idea but um, it appears we have a co2 shortage uh, how long will that last I don't know and um, <clears throat> when I started this podcast obviously it was a couple of weeks ago and um, I listened back to it today and I thought well crikey now I can add uh, a few other things to that um we have, uh, well, we've had, we've, it's better this week, but we've just gone through a fuel crisis here. And we didn't have a shortage of fuel. What we had was a shortage of drivers to transport the fuel. Um, but there was an absolute panic-stricken nation that went out and filled up all their cars and cans and anything they could fill up which then created a shortage and, you know, everybody was up in arms because they couldn't get fuel to get to work or get to the hospital or, you know, to many of the places that they needed to get to. Um, it was absolutely crazy. There was uh, no need for it at all, but it's uh, human nature. Um, but, it, you know, again, it's like, well, you know, where are you going to go with all this fuel? You know, somebody in the queue in front of somebody I know just... Ha- topped up with 13 pounds and you think why are you keeping a full tank of fuel where do you think you know if the if the world goes sideways you're going to go on a full tank of fuel you know you know especially in this country you can't really get that far um so yeah it was a a case of um everybody's stocking up um you know and you know and then other people couldn't get fuel that they really needed in order to get to their frontline jobs or get to the hospital to see people who are sick and dying and you know things like that but you know it is human nature to just go into self-survival mode I suppose which you know um is not a bad thing but actually there was no need for it uh you know so it was a bit of a crazy couple of weeks but everybody was hunting for where where you could fill up on on fuel and again one of the um securities we have is uh john said well if i can't if you know if i can't get fuel i won't go to work as simple as that we can do that um you know, many people can't do that but we can because we've worked towards that kind of security really that's what we we aim for so that uh if if needs be, we um we can just sit back and think right. Let's just watch the world go by a while and see see how this pans out. Uh, then then currently this week we ha- now have the um, energy price crisis, uh, where the energy prices are um, rocketing. The gas price in particular is absolutely rocketing. Uh, really. That's another, uh, probably another whole podcast on its own about um, energy saving techniques uh, and things like that. I mean, we've, like I said, we've switched over to electric heating. And um, one of the reasons for that is uh, so that we can, again, be self-reliant if anything happens. Uh, A lot of people, um, you know, including us, think about the switching over to solar power i mean eventually we want to get solar um, panels uh, and batteries so that we uh, will be self-reliant if anything happens and um, 
you know, a lot of people think about solar energy as being eco-friendly. And I I haven't looked up the statistics, but on the whole, it is obviously better than fossil fuel burning. But there are still issues with solar um, and uh, the batteries and, you know, the the, the, uh, minerals and things that have to be mined for all these kinds of things and the labour behind that, you know, the exploited labour and things like that. So there there are still issues. Um, But, uh, you know, one of the reasons certainly I want to do it is because uh, if you can store your own electricity as well then you stand a better chance um you know if there are uh, power failures and things like that so yeah so we've got the uh the uh energy crisis or energy price crisis i mean at the minute it will be capped until next april but um i think people are going to have a massive shock uh next come next winter when the um when the energy prices you know probably will double um, and it is going to be a bit of a shock, and so people do need to then look at uh, ways to save energy, uh, a lot of energy if they can. Uh, we're having at the minute. We John's recladding the side of our building um, and insulating it. There, some of it was already done uh, years ago when we had the fire, but um, half of it wasn't done because that wasn't affected by the fire so it never got done so it's never been properly done and so we're trying to do everything we can now to uh to make sure that we're as well insulated as as we can be and then I'll have to go on a um an energy drive because I'm as I you know and I say all the time I'm not perfect and you know I've got I mean I've got plugs that are left on you know laptop that's left on on standby for weeks when I don't even use it but I really need to give myself a kick at the jacksy and go around and start turning all these things off because it, that's not good, really. I know people who do do that and they go around and turn off all the plugs every night, which is what you should be doing. But um, I've never done that. But I really need to get my backside into gear and start looking at that because, uh, you know, it, it's it's a responsible thing to do. So that's what I will be going around um, thinking about over the next few weeks because uh, otherwise our energy bill is going to be colossal and I don't really want that so yeah there's um, issues but there are but you know big issues on the horizon uh, and as always I look at them and think right how can we be self-reliant in that how can we minimize what we need to rely on uh, from outside sources in order to be able to um go through any crisis that uh, that gets thrown our way really that's always um and I love it I love the challenge of that to be fair I like the challenge um to look at it and think right how how can we get through this um you know how how can we make sure this doesn't impact us uh, as much as as possible obviously some things are always going to but um yeah so that's my that's my thoughts and roundup for this week the uh you know, trying to be a bit more self-reliant and to uh, shorten your supply chains wherever possible because that will give you um, some self-resilience. Um, if that's even a word, I don't know. I'd have to look that It will make you more resilient to, to outside impacts, you know, outside changes that might impact your life on a daily basis. Um, 
And, you know, when, when you start to look at it, you think, yeah, actually, if I do that, that will be, that will be good. That would, that would help. And it's all the little things, uh, you know, as I always say, the little things that help make a bigger thing. Um, so, and also, it's good, it's good to think about it. It's good to, you know, form views and opinions on it, I think. So, so thanks for listening to this one. Um, and hopefully I'll have some more Monday podcasts again soon. Sorry, it's been a while, but it's just been a bit hectic. And uh, yeah, so, yep, yeah, thanks for listening. And I will catch you next time.